All right, let's get into it, shall we? Episode 307 of the Brian Oak Show podcast. I don't know how that's possible. That seems like a very gaudy and outrageous number, but some people are a little over-motivated, like my friend Sean Bernard. My name is Brian Oak. Here we are in the Smart Start MN Studios, 48th and Chicago in South Minneapolis. A lovely place to be, and also a lovely time of year, and that the hope of spring is upon us, right? But it's not quite here. In fact, the weather right now, we're under a winter storm advisory. Winter in Minnesota always lashes out. I had someone at the record store who's only lived here for like seven or eight years be like, are you familiar with the Minnesota Tees? I'm like, what do you mean the Minnesota Tees? They're like, where you like think spring is coming, but then all of a sudden winter comes back and punches you. <laughs> and I just, I, I like slumped and I looked at him like, I've lived here my entire life. Am I familiar with the Minnesota Tees? Bitch, I knew this was coming, all right? <laughs> I, honest to God, yeah, of course I'm familiar, and I'm also not mad at it. I don't, I don't really relish the arrival, the impending arrival of summer, spring, love. The problem yeah. is we're going to go from blizzard, which we are absolutely going to experience right now, to 80 degrees, and there's not going to be that long beautiful, slow, budding spring that we all expect. It's going to go right into hay fever and high humidity, and I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's how it works these days. There are no good days is what you're saying. No, I, <laughs> that's right, Sean. That's basically what <laughs> well, I said. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, we are in the Smart Start MN studio. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means they have proprietary technology that should you drink and drive, you're going to lose your license. doesn't even matter if you're found guilty or not. That license is gone, and you are going to have to get back in your car whether or not you're found guilty. And the quickest and most efficient and, frankly, affordable way to do it is with our friends at Smart Start. Yeah, we can save you a little bit of extra money. It's already affordable, but go Very. to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Absolutely. Also, Frank, thanks to... Frank's. <laughs> Frank, you very much. I haven't even had any coffee yet. I'm about to. I'm, maybe I'm excited about hot. the coffee. Okay. Okay. The whole floor is lava. You better lift up your feet. Right? <gasps> oh, wow. Um, I also want to thank the folks at Moxie Wealth Management. They bring a comprehensive approach to looking at what resources you have. Joe and his entire team are pros. They stay involved. They're cool people. And I think a lot of people in our age group and our frame of life are like, well, I don't really have the resources that require managing, but you probably do. And if you do have even, I mean, like you probably have property, you probably have valuables, you probably have insurance, you probably have other things that they can take a look at and let you know where you stand right now, because believe it or not, we're not always going to be the sexy young things that we are right now, Sean. And people may stop listening to this podcast. Oh, that's not true. That's absolutely true. You may want to start thinking about the future of your wealth management. And the best way to do it would be with Joe and his team. At least take a look at what they have on offer over at moxiewealthmanagement.com. Our next guest has been with us before. And they're going to bring a very, very interesting perspective to something that I think a lot more people need perspective on. But also music. I don't know if I know anybody who's a bigger bass nerd on the planet. And I say that with great love because every time you share a picture, I'm like, how, where, I didn't know they made that many basses. I honestly didn't have any idea that's the way it works. But before we talk to Xenia, which is coming up next, I told you on the last show, I've been digging through the 45 yeah. at my record store job. And I'm coming across all these brilliant classics from the 70s and 80s, like, Ozark Mountain Daredevils, I couldn't tell you one thing about them if I had to, other than the fact that this particular track right here is absolute magic. It's Jackie Blue, OMD, not orchestral maneuvers in the dark, Ozark Mountain Daredevils on The Brian Oak Show.
Ozark Mountain Daredevils right here on the Brian Oak Show, episode 307. I would like to say hello to a person who's been a guest on the show before. And before I step in anything or say anything unfortunate, let me first say hello to Xenia McGuire. How are you, Xenia? I am... Uh, Go. On. Are you rolling dice? Delighted to be here. Oh! Wow. <laughs> I, I wonder now. See, what's happening? Now, now I'm, I'm what's an, happening? I'm an active gamer, and so I roll dice constantly. In fact, on Saturday, I might have rolled dice several thousand times. That was wild because I like the element of chance when you sit down across from That's someone. That's kind of what we're doing here. Oh, right, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So delighted to be here. Great. I'm glad you got a good roll on that one. I would I would have hated for a critical failure and be like. Fuck you, Brian. Well, I'm I didn't leaving. bring my 20 cider. Okay, so. very good. See, Zenya knows what's going on. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Zenya has been. It's going to be about something serious. Uh, yeah, we, we thought. Yeah, we well, thought. Well, we, I mean, we will at some point, but we're not going to get into it immediately. I want to let people know if they don't know you by name, you've been active in the Twin Cities music scene for decades. And I'm not trying to age anyone or date anyone, yeah. but you have played with an incredible array of bands. Green Pyramids, I remember very well. I got a CD, maybe two at home. For some reason, and we probably had this conversation last time, in the couple of times that we've talked, I don't remember that you played with Morticia. Yeah, well, I played with Morticia just in their last, from like 2018 to 2020. Right on. And but I mean, Morticia. Yeah. Da-na-na, Darksider. I'm familiar with Morticia. You've also played with Mammy Nuns, and most recently, Our House, the CSNY Tribute, and the original Killer Prophets. But you also are very learned and very educated when it comes to your approach to music. You have multiple degrees. You have degrees in philosophy. You are, oh, you used a great word in your bio that, despite the fact that my wife has been a choral educator for 30 years, I was in all-state choir. I have done a lot of choir in my life you used the word chorister i've never heard that before i think yeah. it's brilliant well i i don't make this stuff well i could make it up but, yeah you, you know, could i would right. not i just smiled and nodded but you've done that with the minnesota corral minnesota orchestra now you are originally from iowa and you went to luther college when i mentioned all state choir that's where i went and did all state choir yeah. uh, and we were directed by the legendary weston noble absolutely a name that will mean almost nothing to every single person listening but as a chorister yourself and me one as well you know who weston noble is i used to watch him pick up garbage around campus so. <laughs> Did he, was, was he in some kind of legal trouble and doing community yes, service? Yes. That, was, that was his punishment for being at Luther. That too, nice, nice. Too much secular music in the programming. Yeah. Sorry, Weston. You yeah. put 20 hours in and maybe we'll let you back up on the podium right there. Uh, my point is you're well-educated. You are well-experienced in the realm of music. As I mentioned before, I was kind of joking around, but you do seem to have a fetish for collecting instruments as well. Where did that all start? I mean, where did you get where did you get nutty about music? And that's not a bad thing. That's yeah. a compliment. Well, I mean, it's I grew up in a whole family of music educators. So oh, my, really? Yeah, my mother was like three time president of the Waterloo Education Association. Go on. Um, she's a band director, plays horn. My dad was a professional organist, has his master's degree from the University of Northern Iowa. They the College both, of Love. And, yes. And, and, but also, the, I mean, like a lot of people don't necessarily follow, even if you want to impress them, even if you grew up in that environment. At, at some point in your teenage years, did you want to rebel and be like, fuck that, I'm going to go lay carpet for a living. I'm going to go. Ma- I'm going to be a bricklayer <laughs> for a living. I was like four when I wanted to be a member of KISS. Wow. So yes. like, which, okay, but which <laughs> member? Let's be clear. Which member? Well, back then I wanted to be Gene. Yeah, yeah. And then I was Gene later on in life. And exactly. Did that, but you know, and, but you know, I was a huge like the fan. full blown makeup and I, everything, right? Yes. Platform boots, absolutely. Yeah. Axe shaped bass or whatever he no, played. No, I used my Gibson Ripper for that. You did, okay. And this is gets back to all my instruments. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my parents were from the Sands Hills of Western Nebraska. Okay. I need a pop filter on this, maybe, but anyway, no, you're right. fine. All right, so, um, and we're all a long established family of educators, ranchers. And musicians. Uh-huh. And uh, my mom was in the middle of seven kids, and I think four of them played horn, French horn. Really? Yeah. Which Out on my, the ranch? My in- well, yeah. Okay. I mean, what are you going to do? You know? I, I, I so agree. It makes what sense. Else I, just, I just, you know, when you think of ranchers and you think about folks sitting on the back porch at night, you don't think about a French horn quartet. Right. Well, my Uncle Otto, I guess, you know, he's the, he's my mom's oldest brother. Man's so favorite palindrome. 
He's oh, it's actually yes, seriously, <laughs> great. <laughs> it's backwards and forwards. Yes. So no, he's a cowboy poet out there. And right. um but he also was a music educator, played horn. All right. Um in he grew up, you know, in the in the old homestead where they didn't really have running water or anything, but he was into Dave Brubeck in the fifties. Wild. You wow. know, and listening to stuff and he at Shadron State College, which is pretty much the alma mater of my parents and everybody else and right. Governor Waltz. You know, so. Wow, I did not know that part right there. Oh, yeah. So we don't have running water, but we do enjoy a little take five. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> with Dave Brubeck. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And then he That's played like, wild. And then for his like high school or his college graduation, he played like a Paul Hindemith classical piece on horn, which had just come out like five years before, something like that. Right. And, you know, but growing up more or less like Laura Ingalls Wilder, but digging Dave Brubeck and New York scene and all that stuff. All right. So for you... I mean, like, was it pressure to have to do music, or did it just sort of assimilate naturally? Did you enjoy it's, it? Uh, well, it's a little from column A and B. Yeah, you know? right, it's, as it's most like, things in life are, Yes, right? it was kind of like, well, I didn't know any better, you know? It was just music was something you did. I mean, my dad, um, growing up, was always, you know, he was a choir director throughout the whole the week at, at the schools. Then he played a dance bands on the weekends, mm-hmm. and then... Our, the church that I grew up in, in Cedar Falls, was is a pretty massive church. Right. Was Lutheran. And my dad was the minister of music and organist there mm. um, for 40 years. But before that, before they built the new nave, they had four services every morning because 500 people in that nave, wow. the old nave. And he had to play for all those. And this is after coming back like at three in the morning after a dance gig. I, so four he, sets. He, was, he was music literally seven days a week. Yeah, except for Sunday afternoons where there was no music. Right. Well, but, like, <laughs> sleepy everyone, time. Shh, everyone, be quiet. Yes. I don't want to hear you humming. I don't want to hear you whistling. <laughs> we are taking a few hours off from music. Yeah, but but you know, my dad, my, both my parents are pretty awesome because it was just like music was fair game. Any music whatsoever. Really? Yeah. Nothing off the table. Yeah. None of that crazy dance music or anything. Nothing. Uh, you know, no yeah. dancing. Well, uh, I mean, you don't want to have premarital sex because it might lead to dancing. Exactly. That's the. No, See, I came at it from the other direction. I totally did that Literally. wrong. I did that wrong. Yes, no, my left. Dang it! Well, I didn't think I had any regrets, but now I just have the one. Yes, just the one. Zaney McGuire, foot, foot in the mouth, little left, my left foot loose. You know, is oh, look at this. Wow. Um, <laughs> you're our guest on today's show. And up next, we do have something considerably heavier to talk about yeah. and something much more serious because every time it feels like we've moved into a better place as a species, as a culture, then darkness erupts. You know, it's like a, it's like liver spots or cancer or these these dark, awful, venal things start to bubble up. And we're going to talk a little bit about that just ahead. But if you don't mind, could we hear a song first? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so tell me about Green Pyramids, and oh. tell me your story with them. Tell me the relationship and why you chose this really, song. Really, Green Pyramids is one of my most favorite band experiences. I was like bass player number five or something like that. Okay, but and then and, and give me a rough time. Are we talking like 97, 2002? Talk, well, here, I'm going to give you like some of the lowdown here. Hit because me. my late wife, she grew up with Crystal, mm-hmm. who's the, the, the brain of Green Pyramids. The and main brain behind the show. Just, and Crystal's awesome. Yeah. I mean, just... So, um, they both grew up in Northfield, and um, I moved to Twin Cities in 93. Uh-huh. Uh, I was in a band called Nero's House Band, which were kind of like <gasps> avant-garde. You were in that stuff. band? Yeah. Do you know you know Emmett Dacey? Absolutely. Emmett Dacey is a dear friend of mine. Most of all of my... all. Oh, my God. I saw you vinyl, perform. Yes. All my vinyl collection stuff is... And who thanks, was the who was the lead part uh, to uh, Emmett? Mark um, Mark Brodine. He's I a, know Mark too. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. He's in Wyndham. Yeah, this is wild. Okay, this is this the happens, Twin Cities for you. This happens so often on oh this show. My God, it's where, crazy. And again, it happens more with Sean than it does with me because I never leave the house. I'm and a hermit. Well, and I don't know anybody, so it's like. Well, apparently that's not true. Well, apparently, apparently that is not true. <laughs> what was the album? Elemental P or something. Yeah, like that, that that so that Dean Valenga was on that one. Yes, um, but I. I, I moved to Twin Cities. Dean was already out. I joined the band. And and then they kept, for some reason, sticking us with Green Pyramids on all these tour things. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I got to know them really well. And Amy McCumber was the first bass player for Green Pyramids. And she is by far just an incredible mu- musician. And I loved her bass work. Uh, and then when she left, Barb Brinstead played. Yep. And Barb. Another phenomenal bass player. Amazing. We've I, had her in this room before. Yeah, she's great. Uh, and then I don't remember who they had in between, but then Paul Boblett 
came in. Yeah. I didn't he even know played that with Barb he, played with he, Green Pyramids. Uh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm learning this is crazy. I don't know if she recorded with them, but um, we need to have you on staff, Sonia. I because <laughs> I, I feel I feel like there's a lot of valuable local information locked in that noggin so, of yours. For and, some reason, people seem to know who I am, and I know people, but I just I've, yeah, I've always just been where I, where I am. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they released one CD. Then Paul couldn't do the tour, and. Crystal, we were both working at the Schmidt Music in Brooklyn Center at the time. She was teaching and I was on the floor right. selling Martins and stuff because I'm the bluegrass person. So anyway, um, the uh, and she said, well, we got a, I have a gig coming up. We're supporting this album. And I said, well, I can fill in. And so I filled in. It's like, when's the gig? Was it, we have like 75 minutes in St. Peter. Um, you know, it's in two days. <laughs> <laughs> you can get ready in two days can't you i well i did yeah, well, yeah. Good and, on then, you. and then she just kept inviting me back for like the next four years and re-recorded an album and and so that was pretty much it and this is one of the songs you recorded yes, on? yes. and uh this one had come out in the, the 99 release uh there she is mm-hmm. and the way that this this was recorded was that scott the drummer and i were in the dark corner of the room uh, we laid down the best of three takes and then Crystal had her, just her killer amp set up because, you know, she's just, I love her guitar work. Right. Um, like a Telly Thin Line with P90s played simultaneously through like a Marshall JCM and a Fender Twin. Are you still talking English right now? I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking it's, about. Well, and you'll hear it because she's right. just awesome. And then she just goes back and she layers all this beautiful stuff over it. And the whole album we just thought was pretty awesome, but. Um, yeah, this one's there. She is. I'm playing my GNL fretless L2000 that I picked up at Willie's in '95. <laughs> <laughs> this song is so. called "It's Not the Way" on the Brian Oak Show.
It's the Brian Oak Show, and that green pyramid is right there. That sounded fucking that fantastic. That was so good. That was oh, nice. Yeah. And I hope you don't think I was being disrespectful about the, the the instrument thing. Just when people start talking about the particular year, the particular make, I know among heads, it's crucial. Yes. But to those of us who have no idea. <laughs> you have to sit back and listen to us talk in our nerdy speak. Well, and that's fine. Again, because there are it things I... great radio. There are things I nerd out about for sure, but I just... I, you lost me. I'm going to be honest. You lost okay. me. One of the areas that you do not lose me in our Venn diagram is virtually a circle is you... So you're highly educated. You've got multiple degrees. I'm you've got a master's degree. Educated. Okay, no, that's not true. You are educated. You already introduced me to one word I'd never heard before, but you introduced me to another one that was what uh, I believe the French call a portmanteau, where you combine two words together. You're welcome. I did drop out of college, but I had a little bit of an education before I did. Also, I'm a complete word nerd. Um, But this isn't funny at all, but you used a term that I have not heard before, and it's true, and it's harrowing, and it's genuinely awful. Not just for the people who are subjugated by what's unfolding right now, but what it could mean for anybody of any sort of, I guess, marginalized community. We should be moving in the other direction. You use the word transgenocide. Tell me how you're related to the subject of what's happening right now. All right. Well, it's one of those things that I gen- I am a, a woman of trans experience. Exactly. Uh, other people will say transgender woman, but I always Is like he, to emphasize I am a woman who happens to be transgender. I understand. And and then yeah. see that's why I ask you to frame it because every time I walk into this arena, I feel like the stupid middle-aged cisgendered white guy. And you are. Yeah. I know I am. <laughs> but that, I'm trying to do better than No, I know. And, I know. And, and, that, that's, and that's why I let well, you That's why we're here. Set the table. All yes. right. So, when okay. we talk about transgenocide. It seems like we should be living in an era where and again, I don't pretend to be an expert on how the laws work or what the lifestyle is like or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All I know is I just want people to be cool and i know that right. that's vastly oversimplifying everything but also it's really not it doesn't take a lot to just just let people do their thing oh, yeah and, and and what's happening right now is exactly the opposite what are we looking at in america right now what well, the hell is happening so oftentimes people wonder you know how did people let hitler come to power right this is how yeah okay this is really exactly what we're living through right now mm-hmm. and i don't say that lightly nobody uses the word genocide lightly right um, but, um, at the last, so I don't even know where to start. So well, let me start is, somewhere and we well, can bounce off this or you go ahead. You go ahead. All right. So, well, actually, why don't we, why don't we hear what you're going to say? Because well, all I, I was going to say is this is just one small example because it seems to be erupting in legislatures and at yes. city and state level it's all, a all around. It is an absolute, it's a coordinated attack. Without question. Right without question. And in Kentucky, despite the fact that the, uh, democratic governor, vetoed the mm-hmm. uh, anti-trans legislation, especially as it affects young people, mm-hmm. the the entire legislature turned around and overrode his veto yes. in both the House and Senate. And here's some of the things this law is going to prohibit. Now, again, it's going to run into legal battles, and it's not, you yes. know, it's not like it's etched in stone, but we shouldn't even be talking like this. Correct. Prohibits conversation around sexual orientation or gender identity in school for students of all grades. Requires school districts to forbid trans students from using the bathroom tied to their gender identities. I can't believe we're still hung up on that. Who cares? Yeah. I'm in there to pee. I'm not looking at anybody. Anyway, allows teachers to refuse to use a student's preferred pronouns. We, I, again, this is... And it, that, that's insane to ask of a teacher anyway. It, it, yes. Because I don't know if a teacher... I don't know of any teacher that cruel. Yeah. Well, otherwise, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing for right. a living, right? And then it goes on into certain medical treatments, that kind of thing, requires doctors to detransition minors which in is, their care if they're using any of the restricted treatment options, which basically now are all the treatment options. Yeah, and this is, so this year alone, there's mm-hmm. been over 480 anti-queer bills. Most of those are targeting trans kids. Right. And here's the thing none of these lawmakers are drawing upon the actual peer-reviewed sources they're not drawing upon the medical best practices they're not drawing upon anything so it's like well they're drawing on their faith knee-jerk reactions and fear of the unknown and fear of the unknown they're they're it's bigotry yeah i mean that's all it is um well it's more than that but it is really how they consolidate power it's bigotry matched with hatred which is a really awful concoction i am here to protect children and other trans americans Mm -hmm. around the world actually because this is going on around the world right uh from bigotry and hatred and violence that's my concern i'm a mom yeah right right. and i've been raising my kids alone since they were 11 and 13 Mm -hmm. so 
and kids themselves, they know. Now, a lot of people in the world think this is something new and it's being talked about and they kind of get sick of hearing about it. Right. For me, I'm a 53-year-old woman. I've been dealing with this since my first memories. Right. And before we actually had any knowledge, really. And so before the internet let alone recognition or communication or groups or resources or anything i was growing up in northeastern iowa right all right right and yeah cedar falls is great i mean i grew up just south of there in a little hick town called hudson Mm -hmm. you know but we had a great education system there i mean public school is great um and uh but i i knew who i was and going through the 80s as a as a woman going through puberty and being you know this is one of the, the the bullshit BS things that they talk about. You can I, say anything. Sorry, you can Mom. say one of these motherfucking <laughs> stupid pieces of crap ass craptacular crapness. You can say anything. Well, you her mom's going to okay. listen, so we yeah, were trying not to swear. I meant you're welcome to say whatever you might like. <laughs> oh, Sammy. come on. My mom is a teacher. She knows. Okay. <laughs> she's heard it all. <laughs> she's heard it all. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's she's like awesome. Brian, that wasn't even a very good string of swears. She would ask you to do something. Yeah, no, anyway. she's like, that's um, embarrassing. No, so here's the thing is that I grew up in all this, and there was nothing. No Thing. I mean, and anything that was translated in the media or on TV was always negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, even before I hit puberty, you know, I I was forced to undergo male puberty because right. there was no other way. I mean, the reason why my voice is the way it is is because I didn't have puberty blockers. I didn't have access to that. Right. Even though I know damn well who I was. Right. There was no confusion. People like to say, oh, they're confused or whatever. It says, no, fuck that. They're not confused. Right. We're not you confused. know what you are. We know who we are. Right. And the only people who think that I consider the bad parents. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I've always been the primary caregiver to my kids ever since they were little. Right. 15 months old. I followed them around and I could see what they were understanding. Mm-hmm. And I would gravitate towards that and we'd explore those things. Mm-hmm. My kids, you know... They just, I listen to them and they know. And especially when you get into junior high and high school years, kids know. I mean, anybody who's listened to their kids and their parents, they know stuff that's going on. And I'm not sure if you saw my post this morning about, you know, I did Model UN in Iowa. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, this is the Reagan era and I'm 14, 18 year olds in the state capitol talking about STDs and how to prevent it. And my little group, we said, well, what if we, you know provide health care for sex workers <laughs> <laughs> and what a our, radical our, and dangerous yes. ideas and yeah and this is well this is how iowa rolled in the 80s so it's like right. you know we had we had some stuff going on but there was but again when it came to trans stuff it was all conflated with gay and in mm-hmm. where i grew up if you said somebody moved to minneapolis that usually meant they were gay that was it's a euphemism. <laughs> Although, actually, I did move to Minneapolis when I was 19. Yes. And I started working at a hair salon because it was the first job well, I see, found. there you go. And clearly, I was, oh, I yeah. was it's, one it's, of the gays. It's so, so obvious. Yeah. It, no, it's not. And you know that's not true <laughs> yes. at all. So let me ask you this. With the proliferation of all this hate and all this anger. Yeah. You know, obviously, we can go ahead and attribute it to faith or fear mm-hmm. or ignorance or I, I don't know. I I guess that's where it leaves me stilted, right? right? Like, I've always been kind to everyone around me. Mm-hmm. I want to do what I can to support it. I work three jobs. I don't have the time to be a full-time yeah. activist. So how what, what do we do? I mean, how well, do we here, make the world less shitty for young trans people? Well, for me, well, first of all, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, a pacifist. I don't own guns i have no intent to but i i'm just going out being visible and doing this doing this show and being out in the open i was like you know what i really want to do is go up north in the woods and just play a guitar or something you know that's really that's (laughs) that's heaven for me i'm going up north this weekend to play poker with a couple of guys and i cannot wait to hit the road tomorrow and i like just being able to go about my own business exactly around but Um, we don't live in that world do we no we live all right so you talked about kentucky and they're overriding yeah yeah in Texas, since last year, and in Florida, but Texas, they this, the attorney general has been going after medical providers, saying you cannot provide medical care for kids. You have to forcibly transition them, detransition them. Uh, saying like no, parents, no hormones, no nothing, no right. medicine. And if they're on it, they have to stop immediately. Really? Yeah. And, That's fucked up. And the other thing they're doing is they, if, if if a parent is being uh, affirming to their child who's struggling and and right. you know coming out trying to take care of their child try, trying to take care of their child that parent is now subject to child abuse investigations and so <sighs> par- yeah so texas is already doing this for a year 
And there are a friend of mine, they had to uproot their family and move to Connecticut. Why are these people so mad? Um, I So I think the, the overall thing, there is a coordinated effort. There's these hate groups called like the Alliance Defending Freedom, which last couple of years we've how actually... Does it, how does a young kid who's figuring out who and what they are and they've decided to live their life in their own way that isn't... And I know I'm asking yes. stupid, basic, broad questions, right. but I can't get my head around some of the basics here. Because I think there's a bigger game at play here. And I don't want to sound conspiratorial. Go ahead, though. I but, love it. But... You know, because I'm an academic, we don't do that. We just do academics and stuff. Right. But if you do look at the patterns, because I am a historian by training, yeah. I do primary sources. I don't really care about what the media says. I care about what the media is reporting on, and mm-hmm. I go back to that. Um, but if we look at the actual way that Hitler got into power, um, there was, you know, the Beer Hall Pooch, which he had, which is basically our January 6th. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, and they didn't really. I mean, he had a light sentence, and then, but he still kept his supporters going on. Uh, they took over the Nazi Party or the the National Socialist Party. Right. They kept the socialist word, but there was nothing socialist about socialist, what they because were. Because the, all Hitler's speeches were basically, you go against the communists, the socialists, the academics, the queer people, and there was a thriving queer scene in Berlin. Absolutely, I think still is, if and, I'm not mistaken. You know, you but it went F, away for a while. F. W. Murnau, you know, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff because yeah. he was queer. And I mean, so uh, do, and, do, are you saying huge. that you think there's the possibility that some sort of unknown cabal? And I'm not against this idea. I'm just yeah. trying to put a finer point on it for my own head to get around it. That there's a cabal because Hitler's whole game was pick an enemy. The way you'll unify yeah. most of the people is to make them hate a certain amount of the people. Yes. And do you think there is a concentrated and certified effort? If we demonize trans people enough, we can keep these you can win hateful a few more, jackasses well, alive. You can win a few more elections, uh-huh. consolidate power more, which yeah. is what is the whole did. bit. And right? think about this. There's how many people are in the United States right now? Uh, 380 million. Well, 332 million. Okay, I was close. Right, close. I wasn't yeah. that far off. And how many people are transgender that are estimated? I don't know the answer to your question. About 1.6. Okay. So that means, and what are we talking about recently in a lot of public events? What's going on since the Nashville shooting that killed those kids and that family? What are the Republicans talking about? They're talking it wasn't about the, the gender identity <laughs> of the of the, the of the shooter. It certainly wasn't the gun that killed now, those kids. It had to be that dangerous trans and, person. And now everybody is talking about is it. an expert on my body. Interesting. You know? And the thing is, is that we are one of the most vulnerable communities. We're one of the smallest minorities because right. we're all around the world. We're everywhere. Um but because a lot of people don't know it. I mean, when I was looking at my Facebook thing the last couple Weeks, I was getting pretty pissed off because people were talking about, you know, drag queens. You know, I says, well, I've got friends who are drag queens, but I most definitely am not a drag queen. All right. I'm about as butch as they come. (laughs) (laughs) Your words, not mine. Well, all right. You don't you don't have fake eyelashes on is what you're telling me right now. Or blue eyeshadow. And and besides drag queens, they are. That's a performance art thing. Exactly. Yes. My friend Dave does that. And and I. Yeah. And I come Hmm. home from. Here, I'm still a woman when I'm home. I'm a woman when I go to bed. I'm yep. a woman no matter what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. I just know who I am. Um, but all the laws, you know, underneath these drag queen bands and are the really devastating ones. I mean, what is the one in Idaho that just passed? They, It's like there's a bounty on trans kids. If another, If a student sees a trans kid in the bathroom... They get to sue that kid for three thousand dollars if they're in the what they call the wrong bathroom. Yes, this is in Idaho. It just passed, like passed, like became a law. Yeah, it's not like making its way through committee. That actually got signed into a law. Well, all right, that one. Okay, I'm not. It it, might it, be. That's not because important. It, the fact it, that it, anybody it wrote it, would, it and it put it shock, through, it wouldn't shock me. No, I wouldn't be shocked either because that seems to be the world we're living in. But I want to get back to this coordinated assault because this is. There, there is this group called the Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm going to tell you what. Before yes. we get back to the coordinated assault, I want to hear one more song. We've been doing this for a while. I All would right. like to get. I, I, I can't go too long without music. Otherwise, people start to get. But when we come back, we're going to talk Music's about what's awesome. the name of the organization. Well, the Alliance, the, the the curiously named Alliance Defending Freedom. Exactly. Well, we're going to talk more about yeah. defending freedom right after this. Yes. But first, music from Dar Williams. Why Dar and why this song? Because. Before, because, you know, I'm a music head. Yeah. Before I came out, all I could ever hear with music was just the music, not the words. Mm-hmm. 
When I started coming out about five years ago, a friend of mine in Iowa City introduced me to the music of Dar Williams, who's of my generation. And all of a sudden, the words that she was singing, I could all of a sudden hear them as she was singing them instead of just these phonemes. And this tune um, really resonates with me as far as my stance in the world, what I believe as, you know, a Gen X hippie. So that's... (laughs) (laughs) Same, by the way. is really good like oh, God, yeah. like Jillian Welsh is really good right like they're they're sort of this interesting cadre of singer songwriters who have done well enough to make a career for themselves yep. but never really crossed over into superstardom right, right. and and so, Dar is absolutely I on that list something because we were talking about Neil before the show yeah yeah and you know how Neil is what I what I said before that people that don't like Neil just don't like music exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or they don't understand what it's about, yeah, you, you know? And, <laughs> and, 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 it, but it, it kind of is because Neil has his heart. He goes directly from his soul Oh yeah, and it comes out. It doesn't matter what he's playing or what he's doing. It's, it's, it's really the full music moment. Dar, I get the same feeling from with her music. Really? Yeah. And so I put her just in my, in my perception, mm-hmm. in my life, it's pretty much equal. And, and just so you know, Sean, if you don't appreciate that, in the words of our guest, Zenya, you don't know anything about music. That's correct. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks for coming by. Today. No, speaking Actually, of, do before, you have a heartbeat? A little bit. Okay. I, let me just double check. No, I yeah, love okay. Neil Young, so. Yeah, so you, I mean, the thing is, I would always tell people, I, I don't really care how good or bad somebody is or yeah. I think they are. It's like, you know, if you if you have a heartbeat, you've got music. 
You well, know, it's just agreed. you tap into it. It's your soul. You go through it and you play it however you possibly can. And I, you listen I, and you just. Yeah. I've said about people that say they can't stand the Beatles. I'm like, but you have to at least acknowledge their influence no. on so many artists. I'm it's, like, come it's become, it, I mean, they literally set the template that's still being followed 60 yes, years later. Exactly. So, anyway, we could go on that forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to get back more against this coordinated attack, but before we do, we do have to check in with my friend Sean real quick here because Ooh, Sean, nice. in addition to his many heavy, amazing, incredible responsibilities as part of the Brian Oak Show podcast, also has a side hustle where he is a realtor for Edina Realty, the 50th at France location. How are tricks, man? Uh, they're good. Um, we need more listings right now. So if you know somebody that's looking to sell, let me know. If you know somebody that's looking to buy, we can, I can help on both sides of that. I donated a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or band. And you can call me at 612-859-2594. Can I speak a little bit to the subject that we're talking about today? By all means. I, 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 I want to say what we said off the air while mm-hmm. Brian was out of the room there for a minute. That when I first saw trans people when I was younger, I didn't know what to think. It was a little scary to me. I didn't mm-hmm. understand it. Um, and But what's happened over the years is... I've met more and more trans people. I've befriended trans people. Mm-hmm. I realize there are good people that are trans and not so good people that are trans. They're, mm-hmm. they're just people. Exactly. Like you said, you might go to a cabin in the woods. I was like, I, I wish, I think one of our biggest problems in America is we, we end up hating all sides so much that we alienate, alienate each other. Yeah. And after this last mass shooting, a friend of mine just went on and railed on Guns and Trump, which I think is nice, and but he's done it a hundred times and nobody even likes or replies mm-hmm. to his responses anymore. I went and read this article. Most of these mass shooters feel so incredibly alienated, whatever their issue is. We have a fucking, excuse my language for your mother, mm-hmm. um, we have a major <laughs> bullying. Great joke. We have a major bullying problem in mm-hmm. this nation. Yeah. We have too many kids who are outcasts. Now, I will take objection to one thing. There are people with faith that are that that are trans. Yeah, there oh, are I've people that are atheists who are trans. There's yep. a people. All the, so if you feel like you can belong to something, right. and be accepted and included, then do it as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Yeah. But we have an exclusion problem in this country. Mm-hmm. We have the false, um, false inclusion of social media. Too many kids. They, they're comparing themselves constantly to everybody else, and then hey, let's let's also tie in that maybe I feel a little bit different than the other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different ways to bully kids right now. So I, I just wanted to bring that up as part of this conversation that there's an exposure problem more than anything else. If you don't know how you feel about trans people, maybe get to know some right. trans people and decide if you like them individually, not because of their brand that they have on them, because what you'll find out pretty quickly in the relationship is you kind of quit talking about the trans thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's yeah, really just it's, about it's what part. are we having for dinner well, tonight? I mean, that's, that's my favorite thing about being in, in yes. all my bands that I've done is that yeah. it, it doesn't come up. You know, it's just kind of like... It shouldn't come up. Yeah, it's like, just like I'm just showing up to be playing at music. At some point, and, it'd be really annoying. It, I mean, I, yes. I have a gay aunt and a gay uncle and a gay best friend, and... We don't, you know, the we talked about it you know, in different parts, and we still do. But it's it's as soon as you get right. to know somebody, why would you possibly talk so about that? I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to something yeah. here because yeah. um, one of the reasons why we have so much anger towards us, mm-hmm. um, and the way that this that sort of this um, there's a lot of what I call like sort of this Gerbelian gingrichism of of <laughs> messaging. You right, know, right. it's Newt. it's where you just find like a certain <laughs> segment or something you just hammer home this yes. this little thing and you just you don't let up on it right um and that just kind of changes the whole thing and that's really what's unfortunately happened to the republican party they're more or less just a big propaganda machine because they really don't have that i've seen any An solutions what yeah. about what about making america great again well what did i say I was <laughs> exactly like, yeah just no I, I, yeah. a propaganda Got, machine and i yeah. agree and you know before when we first when you first brought it up i thought could there really be a concerted effort? But we find ourselves now in such a venal, awful time where if it means a few more uh, House of Representative seats over mm-hmm. here and a little more influence in this state legislature here, a few more people on this school board over here, yep. then slowly this... Stacked courts as well. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Th- this this uh, agenda of ignorance mm-hmm. and hatred, I think it's 
and don't take this the wrong way, please, because unfortunately you and many people like you are on the business end of it. It might, I mean, it could be anybody, right? They could have decided to pick short people or they could have decided, but unfortunately they've decided that trans people are so polarizing that Mm -hmm. this is where we're going to go. Are they really doing it just to gain more influence and footing? I, well, I think. I think uh, gaining more influence and footing is a huge part of it. I yeah. mean, have we moved at all? My, the thing I want to talk about mostly is stopping wars around the world yeah. and addressing climate change. Yeah. Right. That's my big issue. It's right. always been my big issue. Um, I can't do it right now because I have to talk about this. Do right. you think the um, climate's changing? Yeah, it's like, gee, I don't know. Oh, come on now. Just kidding. But so there's there's certain things you can tell. You can always tell where somebody's got information from the actual medical professionals Mm -hmm. versus if they're from a propaganda machine. Yes. And if we back up to the year 2010, okay, because it seems like all of a sudden all the trans stuff started happening and then people said, oh, it's a trend or something like that. And it's right. like, no, it's not. It's like we actually feel safe. Right. And the reason why is because the World Professional Association for Transgender Health destigmatized and depathologized being trans. They, these are the medical professionals who have been studying trans medicine for 100 years. Right. And those of us like me who have been in the ground game uh, in therapy, talking to my doctor, I've, I've had numerous physicians over the years, over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And aside from my wife and Crystal McKay of Green Pyramids yeah. and a few other people, nobody else knew I was trans. You know, so those are the people that, that knew I was trans, kept my secret for so long mm-hmm. because I didn't feel safe coming out. Well, but, because, I mean, up until the, when yeah. you're talking about this thing that got cleared up, and that, like when they finally came out with this, being trans to most people, because there was simply no education on it. There was no discussion Absolutely. of it. There was nothing. Yeah. You were almost like a medical curiosity yes. more than anything else. And we, yes, whereas we were dealing with this stuff front and center. I mean, 24-7. I yeah. mean, people talk about the so-called biological males in girls' bathrooms. Well, right. first of all... Think about that word, biological male. What does it conjure up in your brain? Do you think of a girl? Do you think of, of that person being a girl? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. That is propaganda. Right. Because me, as a girl, you know, in 1982, in junior high, going because of the way that my body was perceived by other people, yeah, I got lumped in with boys. And have you ever been in a locker room with boys? I at have. that age, at and junior they're, high, they're not great. And they're not, not school, great. It's not a good time. And no. you're, you are already traumatized by your own body twenty four seven. And to be thrust yeah, in there, no, and then seeing terrible. usually like the pastor's kid who brought in the pornography or something like of that. Course. You know? Of course, of course, that's how the world works. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and and I made the mistake. You know, I think it was in high school, and I was like, I made the mistake of saying that objectifies women. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, in, in a oh, small town and, of K through twelve, you know, and it's like <laughs> you, you weren't wrong, but no, in, in, in the in the queer phobic Reagan era, yeah, you know, where yeah. yeah, that 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 was my experience, yeah. And so it's not like I'm a trend. I've I've been living this life. I've been having to live my life for forty seven years as a woman, pretend to be a guy, right, and not really letting on, and kind of fearful for a while. And then of course, once I came out, everything was. I wouldn't say everything's great, but things made so much more sense. My body made sense to me. Right. Because once I, my brain was finally on the right hormones, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's why I feel that way. Or right. that's why my body senses things the way it does. Because it's actually a lot more of a brain thing. Um, you think it's also a genetic thing that it's like there's, you're... Well, th- think about this. There's Yeah, I mean... There, I, there are nine different known uh, chromosome sex gender chromosomes yeah. types. And it's not just XX and XY. No, right? that's what right? I mean, yeah. And those themselves are not the only determinants mm-hmm. because there are studies, there are people who were born with XY chromosomes who grew up, developed all just complete, they're women. Yeah. And they grew up, developed breasts, had a vagina, you know, all, you know, the, the, the chromosomes themselves are not the thing. And this is what's found in the actual medical people mm-hmm. who study this stuff right. they know all this stuff right this is not the stuff that comes out to the media well because that 
most people who don't give a shit about science or other people, yes. that's right. going to put them to sleep. When in fact, yeah, they can't it's, an, the it's, it's an incredibly informative aspect to the possibilities. It's not, not that every, again, yeah, not, not that everything's not. etched in stone, but yeah. that like that's fascinating, right? This. You so, can have the genitalia and the overall yeah. body of the gender that you are not in your brain. Right. That's wild to me. Yes. Well, think about this. So the people that are now passing these laws, they're lawyers, right? They're not medical professionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not drawing upon the medical professional research. Uh, but they're I don't drawing think upon somebody's 10th grade biology class that they probably slept through. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And would you do the same thing then? Is somebody just, you know, for all these people that think they're experts now on gender and sex and hormones and stuff, do you think they have the same confidence if they had to be called on to use that same high school biology course to perform heart surgery on somebody. I would certainly not. I would hope not. Yeah. You know, and it's like I would also hope that my patient to be made better but choices. That is the that is the comparable thing that we're looking at. I here. agree. I well yeah. and I mean we unfortunately we've got to wrap things up because yeah. I mean this is we've barely stuck our toes in the shallow sure. end of the pool well, on this. And I might say one last thing. Of course. You yeah. There's certain can. words to watch out for. Okay. If anybody says transgenderism that's propaganda. I don't know what that mm-hmm. is. Does that mean that, 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 that means someone promoting their trans agenda? That That is the ideology that needs to be eradicated. Okay. And that's the words that is being used by certain people of the Republican Party. Got it. Transgenderism, out. Yeah, we don't use that word. I got gotcha. you. You know, I'm not a transgender. I am a trans woman or I'm, you know. Oh. So transgender is not a noun. It's an adjective. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Just All right. Like Good cisgender to know. Gender yeah, is yeah. an adjective for somebody on the same side. Right. Just like transalpine Gaul, cisalpine Gaul. You read Caesar, right? Uh, All right. Never mind. It's been a while, <laughs> but yeah. You actually have a degree in classical languages, <laughs> yeah, so, so no, no. Okay. But but I will take your word for okay, it. Okay. Well, that's so. There's so much thing, but this Alliance Defending Freedom. I want to talk about this is a hate group that the Repub- last two um, elections for Attorney General, the Republican have put up candidates who are one of the three thousand lawyers. That belong to this alliance defending freedom, and they know they, they not only operate here in the United States with this entire anti-trans stuff. They inform the entire Trump administration on their stuff, as well as all of these countries overseas, especially in Africa. Uganda had just passed something where they actually now have like death penalties. Like there's like 30 African nations where if you are trans or queer, um, some people are it's it's a criminal penalty that can be put to death. So we all agree they need to be stopped. They need to be stopped because because we are the smallest group. We're the easiest ones to get down. But here's the message I'd love to leave people with, with your permission. If you know of somebody who is transgender or Mm -hmm. a transgender kid or or a kid who's questioning if they are a trans woman or a trans man, where can they go to get advice, support, First of all, if you have a nephew so, or niece or all, kid or yeah. friend or anything else, don't just look the other way and say this is somebody else's right. issue. How do we help these kids to feel welcome and okay, first and foremost? That's what I, I, I can't control the Trumpers. Yeah. I can't control right. all the crazy people. I can vote against them. I can right. go march. I can do that sort of thing. What, what can I do to just help as far these as, kids and these people that are feeling so lost and so alone right. well, and as, so challenged right as now? As far as anybody goes, you, you just believe them, you know, because they're, cause you don't lie about this stuff. You know, this, no. is, this is like real estate. You don't do it to get attention. Yeah. This is really pretty deep stuff. And most medical professionals now, at least in the last 10 years, because if, if it's been depathologized, now- most medical professionals and like health partners and the university of Minnesota has long had, um, you know, care for trans people, um, that there's plenty of resources. Just go to a legitimate doctor, right? You know, like even if, doctor. even if one of your you parents won't accept this, cause I had that happen where a right. mom did not accept dad did interestingly right. enough. So kids need to know that, you can get there. You can get in front of the right people yep. that you can just start the conversation to say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I think is what is going on with me. Mm-hmm. Start that conversation because 
handling it alone yeah. is not okay either. Well, it's yeah. it's not a mental illness. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not, no, not no, saying that. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I know. And I, yeah. and I think that's important for everybody to yes. know that this is not a mental no. illness. This is a natural variation yes. of, of human biology and yeah. actually in the animal kingdom as well. It's it's natural variation. It happens. I mean, so yeah. what, you're, what you're saying almost it's sounds like trans doesn't automatically mean medical curiosity. Correct. Huh. Interesting. Apparently, we're supposed to treat human beings like, like human, human beings, beings. Yeah. as long as they act like the human end. beings. <laughs> the end. We do have to say goodbye, Zane. Yeah, well, that's it's right. good to see you. Um, you pulled one last song up for us here. Obviously, I know Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull, but tell me why you picked Jethro Tull, and tell me about the song as we go out. All right, so this is actually one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. I am a huge Jethro Tull fan, and I really got into Jethro Tull my freshman year in college, and... Minstrel of the Gallery was my first album I listened to, and I just listened to that incessantly. And then I heard Aqualung. And when you are in your early 18, 19-year-old listening to stuff, and you've already been questioning things like religion and, you know, just the way people look in life and what is really important, mm-hmm. um, this, is, this was like one of the albums that just really the words did pick out at me, jump out at me, and I said... That's actually kind of what I'm feeling right now about organized religion. And um, it's, and so, I don't know, it's, it's I, I don't know how else to say it. It's just, and it's also yeah. just a great I, tune. Just I, listen I, to it. Right yeah. there. I, I think that's a good enough yeah. answer. It's great to have you by. We'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Take care. Yeah. to school and they taught me how not to play the game I didn't mind if they groomed me for success or if they said that I was just a fool so I left there in with a god tucked underneath my arm The half-assed smiles And the book of rules And I asked this god a question And by way of firm reply He said, I'm not the kind You have to wind up on Sundays So to my old headmaster And to anyone who cares Before I'm through I'd like to say my prayers
was young and they packed me off to school and they taught me how not to play the game I didn't mind if they groomed me for success Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.